Good morning. Today is Wednesday, the 25th of March, 2020. Today is the day that we commemorate the Annunciation. So this is a feast day in the Episcopal Church. Here's the blurb from the Episcopal Dictionary of the Church on the Annunciation. The feast commemorating the announcement by the angel Gabriel to Mary that she would be the mother of God's son. Jesus and Mary's ascent in faith to God's invitation, Luke 1, 26 through 38. The Annunciation is celebrated on March 25th, nine months before Christmas. The Annunciation is a feast of our Lord in the Book of Common Prayer. We have a multitude of readings to choose from this morning. Um, in case you're curious, here's the deal. Um, those readings that are selected from the lectionary to be read as, at a celebration of the Holy Eucharist are Psalm 45 or 45 through 10 or Canticle 3 or Canticle 15, Isaiah 7, 10 through 14, Hebrews 10, 4 through 10, and Luke 1, 26 through 38. If you are celebrating morning and evening prayer, there were readings last night for the eve of the Annunciation. And then today there are readings for the Annunciation in morning prayer. There are Psalms 85 and 87, Isaiah 52, 7 through 12, Hebrews 2, 5 through 10. Evening prayer, Psalm 110, 1 through 5, optional 6 and 7, and Psalm 132. Wisdom 9, 1 through 12. That's the wisdom of Sirach. We've kind of, <laughs> that's the one that sometimes is annotated differently in different Bibles. And John 1, 9 through 14. I think what I'm really going to try to do, and I know that what happens often is that I say I'm going to do something and then I do not carve out the time for it. Um, and I will say, we'll probably talk more about this later, but this time of social distancing has not been like the slowing down time for me that it has been maybe for other people or at least purportedly in their social media that it is. Um, maybe it's because I am a little too conscientious. And so I have, when I'm telecommuting, I'm literally online. I, I actually work more when I'm telecommuting than I do when I'm in the office. I guess one, I don't have the distractions of other, of other people around. Jack is not distracting to me when I telecommute to work. He's very, very respectful of my time and he's working on his schoolwork too. So whatever the reason is, I end up like I, I checked my, um, my VPN tracks how long I've been, been on it before I log off. I was online for 10 hours yesterday um, and I work nine hour days. So, but still that's like an hour that I gave that I didn't need to give. Um, So all of that being said, I really, my, if I, if I was anticipating what this would have looked like, if I had the foresight to anticipate it, um, I, I probably would have thought that it would be something where I'm getting more sleep and I'm spending, getting to spend lots of extra time in prayer because we're not, you know, going back and forth to rowing and to work and to school. So all of that commuting time is, is no longer in there. But instead, what I found is that the, the time that I'm having to invest to reach across 
the social distance and try to connect with others is really time consuming. And I take that as a big responsibility. My church is doing this thing that we're calling care circles after my old church in Ascension because I still get their news leaders and read them. So it's a, it's a much, um, I guess, more loving way of saying phone trees. But so I'm participating in that. I'm doing a lot more reading of the news than usual. I'm spending more time on social media and on the phone and in text messages. And quite frankly, it's all just feeling a little overwhelming because there's nothing except the commute time that's come off of my plate, but I'm putting all of these other things on my plate. So all of that being said, I do feel like I really need to carve out some time for prayer today. And what better day to do it than the Feast of the Ascension? So I'm here saying morning prayer. I'll, I'll post this in a bit after I'm finished with it. And then um, I'm going to use, I think, my lunch break from work to... do the readings from that would have been read at the Holy Eucharist if we were all able to go to church together and celebrate the Holy Eucharist and enjoy the Feast of the Ascension and really commemorate it. And then I'll read evening prayer with the daily office reading. So in case that didn't make sense, we're going to read daily office readings for morning prayer now. I will do a lunch break session of commemorating the feast using the lectionary readings, and then we'll do evening prayer with the daily office evening readings. And thanks for listening to me kind of get that out. I was, I'm really, I guess, trying to be more open with my friends, which is hard for me, um, I guess it's hard for me because it's a little bit of a broader circle. You know, I've got my core group, but even among my core group, and I think this is a common issue with Christians, we tend to skip right by the uncomfortable feelings and go to the counting on the future promise and blessing of God. And in some ways, this can be a good thing. You're focused on... God's answer of the prayer, God's working all things together for good, but we're not, at least I'm not, and I see sometimes others aren't, allowing ourselves to feel, I don't even want to say the negative feelings, I guess I want to say the uncomfortable feelings, like how can I be grumpy when there are others who are suffering and dying from this virus, whose loved ones are suffering and dying? But God reminds us over and over again, and so then I try to remind myself that this is not a comparison. We're allowed to feel all of the things that we're feeling, and here's the deal. If we really allow ourselves to sit with that in the valley, like Glennon Doyle would say, if we allow ourselves to just sit down in the valley with God and really process these experiences and these feelings, it connects us to all of creation. And I know that sounds really huge, but it's really true. And it's something I'm really learning. And I have been learning for a long time, but is reinforced by my current studies in Celtic spirituality. 
that we are all connected. We're connected by the very clay or mud or dust that you, you know, however you want to describe it, that we're made from. And the, what our, what we're comprised of connects us who we are in the very basic building blocks of our nature connects us to everything else. Um, one of my friends did a beautiful post on Instagram the other day. He had like a little saying above his, um, above his desk that he posted. And I'll try to find that real quick for you. We are all connected to each other biologically, to the earth chemically, to the rest of the universe anatomically. And I want to give credit to Joel Standard for that, or Standard underscore Joel as he is on Instagram. And I think that that's true. And then I think that also we are connected spiritually. I, I believe, and maybe as I get deeper into my studies, like this belief will evolve, but I believe that our souls are made of the very same stuff that the creator of the universe is made of, that our bodies are made of the same stuff that everything else in creation is made of. And however it helps you to look at that anatomically, um, atomically, as Joel said. <laughs> however, I do think that that's very true. And then I think that on... You know, there are so many facets of being a human. There are so many different parts of us, spirit, soul, and body, heart, mind, and will, um, all those bits. But in this moment, talking about feeling the feelings, I believe that we're also emotionally connected to each other, that there is a communal aspect to feeling, and that when instead of dismissing our feelings as unworthy of being felt because they're minor or our context is not as severe as somebody else's current situation, I think we also miss out on the opportunity to connect through those feelings. But when we process, and I know this is really squishy, folks, bear with me, but when we process where we are right in this moment emotionally, we connect with others in a way that is different from a phone call or a social media post or anything like that. It's connecting with community emotion, I think. And I think that there is no feeling too small to be a doorway to that connected creation. Okay, I think I probably waxed on long enough. My intro is like 11 minutes long. Forgive me for that, you guys. So let's go ahead and read our morning prayer. So we're going to start in the Book of Common Prayer. We're using Morning Prayer Rite 2. We'll probably use some supplemental liturgical materials. Um, or we might do, just do from the Book of Common Prayer. We'll see how that goes. We're definitely going to use the Healing liter Litany in Enriching Our Worship Volume 2 at least once today. Um, might be in our lunchtime reading, might not. We'll see how that goes.
Rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to God, for God is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and repents of evil. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of Almighty God, our heavenly creator, to set forth God's praise, to hear God's holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation. And so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship God, let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins, that we may obtain forgiveness by God's infinite goodness and mercy. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry, and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through the grace of Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. O God, let our mouth proclaim your praise and your glory all the day long. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. God is full of compassion and mercy. Come, let us adore her. Come, let us sing to God. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to God with psalms. For God is a great God and a great ruler above all gods. In God's hand are the caverns of the earth, and the heights of the hills are God's also. The sea is God's, for God made it, and God's hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us bow down and bend the knee, and kneel before God our Maker. For this is our God, and we are the people of God's pasture and the sheep of God's hand. Oh, that today you would hearken to God's voice. God is full of compassion and mercy. Come, let us adore her. Psalm 85 God, you were favorable to your land. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. You forgave the iniquity of your people. You pardoned all their sin. You withdrew all your wrath. You turned from your hot anger. Restore us again, O God of our salvation, and put away your indignation toward us. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger to all generations? Will you not revive us again, so that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your steadfast love, O God, and grant us your salvation. Let me hear what God will speak, for God will speak peace to their people to their faithful, to those who turn to them in their hearts. Surely God's salvation is at hand for those who fear God, 
that God's glory may dwell in our land. Steadfast love and faithfulness will meet. Righteousness and peace will kiss each other. Faithfulness will spring up from the ground, and righteousness will look down from the sky. God will give what is good, and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before God and will make a path for God's steps. Psalm 87 On the holy mount stands the city God founded. God loves the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob. Glorious things are spoken of you, O city of God. Among those who know me I mention Rahab and Babylon, Philistia too, and Tyre, with Ethiopia. This one was born there, they say. And of Zion it shall be said, This one and that one were born in it. For the Most High himself will establish it. God records as they registers the peoples, This one was born there. Singers and dancers alike say, All my springs are in you. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Isaiah, chapter 52, verses 7 through 12. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of the messenger who announces peace, who brings good news, who announces salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Listen, your sentinels lift up their voices. Together they sing for joy. For in plain sight they see the return of God to Zion. Break forth together into singing, you ruins of Jerusalem. For God has comforted God's people. God has redeemed Jerusalem. God has bared God's holy arm before the eyes of all the nations. And all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. Depart, depart, go out from there. Touch no unclean thing. Go out from the midst of it. Purify yourselves, you who carry the vessels of God. For you shall not go out in haste, and you shall not go in flight. For God will go before you, and the God of Israel will be your rear guard. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Psalm, or I'm sorry, Canticle 14, a song of penitence. Kiri Pinktukrator, prayer of Manasseh. O God and ruler of the hosts of heaven, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and of all their righteous offspring, you made the heavens and the earth with all their vast array. All things quake with fear at your presence. They tremble because of your power. But your merciful promise is beyond all measure. It surpasses all that our minds can fathom. O God, you are full of compassion, long-suffering, and abounding in mercy. You hold back your hand. You do not punish as we deserve. In your great goodness, God, you have promised forgiveness to sinners, that they may repent of their sin and be saved. And now, O God, I bend the knee of my heart and make my appeal, sure of your gracious goodness. I have sinned, O God, I have sinned, and I know my wickedness only too well. 
Therefore, I make this prayer to you. Forgive me, God, forgive me. Do not let me perish in my sin, nor condemn me to the depths of the earth. For you, God, are the God of those who repent, and in me you will show forth your goodness. Unworthy as I am, you will save me, in accordance with your great mercy, and I will praise you without ceasing all the days of my life. For all the powers of heaven sing your praises. And yours is the glory to ages of ages. Amen. A reading from Hebrews chapter 2, verses 5 through 10. Now God did not subject the coming world, about which we are speaking, to angels. But someone has testified somewhere, What are human beings that you are mindful of them, or or mortals that you care for them? You have made them for a little while lower than the angels. You have crowned them with glory and honor, subjecting all things under their feet. Now in subjecting all things to them, God left nothing outside their control, As it is, we do not yet see everything in subjection to them, but we do see Jesus, we do see Jesus, who for a little time, for a little while, was made lower than the angels, now crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. It was fitting that God, for whom and through whom all things exist, in bringing many children to glory, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through sufferings. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. We will use as we have been the affirmation of faith based on Ephesians three fourteen through 17 written by John Schimminger of St. John's Grace. We believe in God the nurturer and teacher, from whom is named every family in heaven and on earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, begotten of divine love, who lives in our hearts through faith and fills us with that love. We believe in God the Holy Spirit. She she strengthens us with power from on high. We believe in one God, source of all being, love incarnate, spirit of truth. Amen. Hear our cry, O God, and listen to our prayer. Let us pray. Our Creator in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your sovereignty come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. For the sovereignty, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. We will use Suffrages Set A, beginning on page 97 of the Book of Common Prayer. I'm going to read both parts just because it sounds so odd when I don't, but normally I would read the verse and you'd read the response. Show us your mercy, O God, and grant us your salvation. Clothe your ministers with righteousness. 
Let your people sing with joy. Give peace, O God, in all the world, for only in you can we live in safety. God, keep this nation under your care and guide us in the way of justice and truth. Let your way be known upon earth, your saving health among all nations. Let not the needy, O God, be forgotten, nor the hope of the poor be taken away. Create in us clean hearts, O God, and sustain us with your Holy Spirit. We have a special collect for the Annunciation. Pour your grace into our hearts, O God, so that we who have known the incarnation of your Son, Jesus Christ, announced by an angel to the Virgin Mary, may by his cross and passion be brought to the glory of his resurrection, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And a special colic for the sick. A special colic for the sick. Heavenly Creator, giver of life and health, comfort and relieve your sick servants, and give your power of healing to those who minister to their needs, that those for whom our prayers are offered may be strengthened in their weakness and have confidence in your loving care. Through Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. For social service, Heavenly Creator, whose blessed Son came not to be served but to serve, bless all who, following in his steps, give themselves to the service of others, that with wisdom, patience, and courage they may minister in his name to the suffering, the friendless, and the needy. For the love of him who laid down his life for us, your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Heavenly Creator, in you we live and move and have our being. We humbly pray you so to guide and govern us by your Holy Spirit, that in all the cares and occupations of our life we may not forget you but may remember that we are ever walking in your sight. Through Jesus Christ. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, you stretched out your arms of love on the hard wood of the cross, that everyone might come within the reach of your saving embrace. So clothe us in your spirit that we, reaching forth our hands in love, may bring those who do not know you to the knowledge and love of you. For the honor of your name, Amen. God, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is discord, union. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console to be understood is to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. 
All right, so now is the time where we offer up some special prayers and we talk about the readings. So let me, um, let me do this. Let me read to you one of the came prayers that I've been using um, that my spiritual director, director Madeline um, found for me. And then let's have some silence. And I'll read the prayer slowly so that you can put in whomever's name you would like into the prayer. So here we go, folks. Circle of love encompass. May your love well up, well up within them. May your passion enlighten them. Circle of healing encompass. May your healing touch rest upon them. Circle of protection encompass. Surround with your eternal safety. Protect them from all temptations and ills. Give them courage and strength to live always from your safe and powerful center. I found it helpful to only lift up one name at a time and just repeat the prayer for the next person as opposed to listing several names in the prayer don't know if that helps for you. And now let's have our moment of silence. Of course, you may pause the recording and extend the moment of silence as long as you would like. So let's ask the Holy Spirit to help us look at our readings today through the lens of our current context and also through the lens of the Annunciation of Mary and her acceptance of this great and terrible blessing, right? So starting with the Psalms, um, with Psalm 85. This is a prayer for forgiveness, um, which is certainly apropos for the Lenten season as it's traditionally recognized. You know, that time when we, I think, I think in my mind, I, I think of traditional Lent practices as an inventory of sins 
confession, blessing, renewal, and like a fresh start, which is, is wonderful. But Lent's gotten a lot more complicated for me lately. You guys know, because I've told you before that I tend to reconfess, right, and get stuck in that loop. And so for me, this Lent is also really a time of, of the returning not being a returning to the pattern, but really a turning new to God, um, to a new way of doing things, to a new path, to a deeper experience of God's love, and a breaking three, free of that cyclical pattern of kind of a distorted version of repentance that I'd been stuck in. And I think as I did, I see from my notes in the margin, the last time that I read this psalm also, that this is a beautiful psalm of reconciliation, where it speaks to love and faithfulness meeting in verse 10, righteousness and peace kissing each other. Faithfulness will spring up from the ground and righteousness will look down from the sky. All these things will come together. All of God's creation from all of its different positions and and contexts will meet together and we will be increased we will be multiplied so I know it's hard to think of coming together at a time that feels so isolating and I think what was really distressing for me we had online worship on Sunday and then we had like a social hour and one of my blessed and dear friends who really just as spiritually tuned in, um, talked about this time of social distancing being very difficult, even though she is with her family, because her family is, is not, and the way she put it was because they're not out and about in the world, that energy is diminished. You know, they would come in the door and her kids would be full of this energy, whether it was a good day or a bad day or at school, they were still bringing all of that outer world in. Same thing with spouse and work. And I realized that I've been socially distanced for quite some time. You guys know I've been going through a struggle um, in in my workplace, which I have faith that God will deliver me from. But in the interest of, as I said in my extra long intro, allowing processing of the feeling and emotion, I'm an extrovert. Um, I'm a little bit of a weird extrovert because I don't like crowds, but I do really enjoy one or two or a handful of people really connecting with. Um, and that kind of reminds me of Glennon Doyle's um, Instagram, I think it was, that she was on the other day talking about, let's all of us approach social distancing like we're introverts. And she mentioned that, that introverts like deeply connecting with people. Um, I like doing that too, even as an extrovert. Um, The deep connection is important to me. The superficial connection doesn't really give me any energy. I haven't, it's, I'm thinking about how to say this in a way that's super gracious. 
I've been spending the majority of my day for a long time in a place and situation where I am not tapped into the greater energy of creation um, or the energy of, I would say, most of my coworkers. So I'm around all these people, but not connected to them. And in a way, there's insulation there, just like we're insulating ourselves from the virus so that we don't spread it to each other and we flatten the curve and all of that thing. There's some insulation for some spiritual virus type stuff, if you'll forgive the analogy. But it's also been, it's been really tough. I I didn't realize till we were talking about it Or maybe I did, but it wasn't in the forefront of my mind or or something until we were talking about it with respect to the current social distancing for COVID-19. How much suffering I've been in as a result. Um, And I feel, quite frankly, friends, I feel not like myself when I am disconnected. I have been feeling like my brain is kind of foggy. And I know part of that is the stress. Stress does those things to us. I've also just been feeling like, like I'm off rhythm would be the best way to say it. And, and, you know, in in the setting of Celtic spirituality really talks about us being all part of that creation. And when we are really living in our souls we're connected to that rhythm of creation and so my prayer for rescue during this time is as the psalmist says that I be revived again that I may rejoice in God that God may show me God's steadfast love and grant me God's salvation that righteousness go before me and make a path for my steps and that I reconnect to the greater creation. I'm not saying I want to reconnect with that particular energy in the workplace. I just as soon stay away from anything that's toxic, you know, or that could be toxic. I want to be careful about my words. Um, But I do want desperately to reconnect with creation and with God. So God, let me take this opportunity where one source is cut off to find a deeper, truer source. And I think that this shows, this is an opportunity for evolution. When we look for energy, sustainment, nourishment outside of ourselves, we are necessarily not going to find true nourishment. For as Celtic spirituality tells us, the divine is found within us. So God, let me tap into the rhythm of creation, the divine, through that which is in me, through the wellspring of my created self. Help me, God, to make this connection and may it be everlasting. Amen. So just to kind of tie it back to the psalm, I would say that we are then giving up to God whatever is standing between us and God, and then we are asking God for that reconnection 
for love and faithfulness to meet righteousness and peace to meet faithfulness to spring up righteousness to look down for God to give us what is good and for us to and for us to as part of all creation yield increase to God Psalm 87 verse 7 particularly speaks the last verse speaks to me in the context that we're talking about singers and dancers alike all say all my springs are in you this is according to my commentary the citation of a song celebrating zion as a source of fertility i believe also in our current context we can take this to mean that god's creation god's divine dwelling place the eternal kingdom of god is where we draw forth all of our birth growth rebirth etc and in this particular feast day of celebrating mary and the annunciation there's a very beautiful um, and clear connection at least in my eyes between the wellsprings of god's creative energy and this remembrance of zion as the source of fertility and mary becoming the mother of god through the holy spirit so i think that it's very helpful to all of us to remember that we were created in and through by god out of the very substance of which god god self is made and that we share this in common with mary jesus the holy spirit and all of creation Okay, so our Hebrew scripture reading, which was from Isaiah chapter 52, verses 7 through 12, just in case you have a memory like mine. (laughs) This is just a beautiful um, encouragement for discipleship and a reminder of what it is and then for me at least it has one of my anchor verses for this season that a friend of mine passed to me um, that very last one in verse 12 for you shall not go out in haste and you shall not go in flight for God will go before you and the God of Israel will be your rear guard Now is a time of transition for many of us. As I've talked about, it's a time of transition to me geographically, um, you know, position, uh, professionally, personally, like in all ways, I'm, you know, I'm transitioning this summer into a new job, um, still, still with the same Well, I guess most of you know already in the military still, but a very different position in a different place um, with different duties and responsibilities and everything that goes with that. Um, And this is kind of where, where my friend and I were talking about where she gifted me this verse is how I think of it. But we're all in a time of transition right now. Things are very different now than they were before, and things are going to be different on the other side. 
we are not going to come out of the COVID-19 crisis and go back to the way things were before. I, you know, I, I've, I've been reading that in a lot of places and I believe that, that that's true um, to the same extent that, and I forget where the saying comes from, but you never step in the same river twice. My friend Nicole shared this one with me. Well, yeah, because the river has changed and you has, have changed. We will necessarily be changed because of our experience in this Lenten season, in the season of COVID-19, and all of our other experiences that come together. And so as we transition through this season, and then when we are transitioning to the next, we shall not go out in haste. We shall not go in flight. For God will go before you, and the God of Israel will be our rear God. There are times when it is time to flee. You know, when Joseph was warned in the dream by the angel, and he snatched up Mary and Jesus and fled because he was warned about Herod. But there are other times, and and I would say there are more times like this when the transition is prepared and I don't want to say more organized because it's not necessarily that but different than taking flight and the comparison being made here in Isaiah is between the former exodus and this exodus um, because when during the the first exodus, man, they were getting out of there for their lives, right? And this is talking about the exodus from Babylon and back to the holy city. So this is really apropos for Lent, I think, because we are exiting from that which has made it in any way difficult or a hindrance to be truly connected to God and into a time where we are dwelling with the divine. And I think that, as we've been talking about, is what Lent is really all about, is moving away from whatever is disconnected from God and moving toward direct connection to God, if that kind of makes sense in this context. And then I think also, friends, that we have just really got to hold fast to remembering that we are the messenger who is announcing peace, good news, and salvation. And so that even even if that mountain trail is really rocky, our feet are beautiful upon the mountains. And our path, no matter how rocky, is blessed by God. God goes before us, and God is also our rear guard. Amen. Hebrews 2, 5 through 10, our New Testament reading this morning, speaks to Jesus being made human and how perfect it is, how fitting, as as the the writer puts it, that, that the path to salvation is through suffering because all humans suffer. And I think that's true. It's part of the human condition so how beautiful, what a perfect example of God taking that which it is intended for evil and turning it to good. 
because God takes the suffering and makes it the path to eternal redemption, salvation, holiness. And that's not to say that you cannot find God in joy. Absolutely, you find God in and through joy. But repurposing or purposing or transforming, however you want to talk about it, the path of suffering to become the path of salvation is just so perfect. And then I think here is another clear reminder of the fact that we are united with Christ. We are kin to Christ. We are created from, as I've been saying, the same substance from which Christ was created. And may we just really tune into that connection May we reach across every obstacle, whether it's time, space, shame, whatever it is, to really tap into the wellspring of Christ, to find our direct connection to Christ, to the divine, in, to, in, and through the divine with us. And I know I'm kind of really going on about this, but it's been such an, an important epiphany for me. And I hope that it is for you. And on this day of the Feast of Annunciation, I feel, and I don't think it's overstating it to say it this way, that that I am discovering God, the divine, in and through my own being, and that I am amazed and terrified and awestruck and I can really, I can relate to Mary, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I can, I can enter into this day and its commemoration and really have some success in, in trying to imagine myself in her shoes. It is so different and it is also so much the same, just as we are also different and all also, also much the same. How beautiful and awe-inspiring and what a terrifying responsibility to hold in oneself the divine. May we not simply encapsulate, but may we be encapsulated in, in not just symbiotic with, but existing and drawing from and in community with the divine that is not just in us, but also is us. May we tread compassionately, both with others and also with ourselves, on the path of holiness. Amen. Thank you so much, my friends, for letting me really wax on today. And I'm really sorry if it's disjointed. Um, I was reading a post from Beth Moore the other day that 
talked on Twitter about how she she feels like she's just all over the place during this time. Like one shoe on and putting the other one like half an hour later. She's meaning put a roast in the oven for like half an hour, all this stuff. And I think that that is kind of a symptom of this season. So thank you so much for bearing with me, my friends. I really appreciate it. And with that being said, I hope that you have a beautiful day and that God transforms everything as a path to holiness and to communion and that the very essence of your being, your heart, the blood in your veins, your thoughts, the breath of your soul, maybe thumping out the rhythm and singing out the melody of God and all God's creation. Amen. Almighty God, creator of all mercies, we, your unworthy servants, give you humble thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all whom you have made. We bless you for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life but above all for your immeasurable love in the redemption of the world by the grace of Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And, we pray, give us such an awareness of your mercies that with truly thankful hearts we may show forth your praise, not only with our lips but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to your service and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ, our God, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory throughout all ages. Amen. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved Son that when two or three are gathered together in the name of Christ, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O God, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth, and in the age to come life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless God. Thanks be to God. Glory to God whose power working in us can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. Glory to God from generation to generation in the church, and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen. <laughs>